8, verses 38 to 39, which is on page 1135 in the Pew Bibles, if you can turn to it. And while you're looking it up, I'd like to ask a question to open. Um, What do you think is the most popular love story of all time? What is your favorite? What would you put in the top two, top three, top five love stories of all time? Romeo and Juliet, maybe? The Titanic love story, maybe? I know what would be probably one of my favorites would be my own love story with Lee. <laughs> but what about you? What's on in, what's in the top of your list? One Google search suggested that these are the top three love stories of all time. Romeo and Juliet, Cleopatra and Mark Anthony, and Sir Lancelot and Queen Genevieve. Can you identify any common link between those three love stories? Well, actually, what's common to all three of them is they all end in tragedy. And they all actually end in tragedy of separation. And that's actually quite a common theme to all love stories when you think of it, isn't it? All love stories come to an end, one way or the other. Either with the passing of one party or or the other, or in the cases we have above, the tragedy of separation. But shouldn't we have a chance to be loved unconditionally and in truth, and a love that is inseparable? Well, there is one love story that's obviously missing from the list, isn't there? Let's read Romans 8, verses 38 to 39, to give us a clue what that might be. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is God's word. So, the one love story that's missing is actually the love story between God and every single one of us. Are you aware of this? Actually, are you even more than that? Are you convinced of it? Wait a minute, you might say. How can I be loved by God? Surely not me. Yes, you and I. You may think, surely you could dare to think we might be loved by God some of the time, but if I'm not even convinced I'm loved at all, How can I be convinced that I'm loved all the the time? Yet Paul, in our verses above, makes an incredible claim of which he is convinced. He's not believing, he's not hoping, he's not even considering. He's convinced. Let's examine where that conviction comes from, how it applies to us, and finally, how that conviction should apply as we approach God in prayer. First of all, scripture explains that there is no one who is righteous. We haven't earned God's love. Romans 3 verse 10 to 11 says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Scripture also explains that in creation, God's eternal power and his divine nature is obvious for all to see, so that no one is without excuse. Romans 1 verses 19 to 20 says, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power 
and divine nature has clearly been seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. The world, the universe, creation itself, speaks of the eternal power and divine nature of God. But God's love is also an expression of his eternal, that is everlasting, power and divine nature. Here is the eternal love of God displayed. In one of the best scripture passages known, John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him, that is, has faith in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Through Jesus, we see God's everlasting love displayed to us all. Romans 5 goes on to tell us even further, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What? Wait a minute. You're saying... This isn't familiar to me. You're saying that I can have peace with God as well? Yes. And furthermore, by the Holy Spirit, you can also have God's love poured into you on a personal level, on a very personal level. level. Listen to what Romans 5 verse 5 says. And hope does not put us to shame, but because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yeah, I know. What? We have peace with God? Yes. And we have God's love shown to us? Yes. And we also have God's love in us? Yes. And here's a deal breaker, as it were. The point in which the gospel hangs, but also the conviction of Paul. Roman 5 says, Roman 5 verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How is that for unconditional love? The only thing in all the world that could possibly, possibly separate us from God caused him to send his only begotten son to die on a cross to show us his love and to put his love in us. How much more is his love in us now that we are reconciled to him? through grace and to eternal salvation. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And that's in Romans 5, verses 31 to 32. So, if Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, how much more is God working for us now reconciled to him? Our sin can separate us then, and it cannot separate us now that we are reconciled to him. So how's that for inseparable love? And furthermore, we've been freed from any condemnation, which actually, condemnation is only a, but an idle threat of separation that the devil tries to use to separate us. And it's, it is an idle threat. Listen to Romans 8 verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nor do we have anything to fear. Romans 8 15 says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit 
you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by which we cry, Abba, Father. What or who can be against us who are in Christ Jesus? No spiritual force in heaven or force on earth can remove the love of God from us. Last week we learned from Matt about the reality of spiritual events behind the scenes, but remembered that God in above is in control of all things, and he has placed them all under the, the control of the risen Christ Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus himself as he, at his appointed hour, as he prayed to God the Father for his disciples and believers. It's in John 17, verses 20 to 23. It will come up on the screen, so you probably don't have to turn to the passage. In verse 20, he, he starts, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for, for those who will believe in me through their message. And, if, and then it jumps to 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. And then in verse 23, part B, which is the bit I want us to, to really focus on, he then says, then prays, then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them is even as you have loved me. And I've highlighted that you have loved them even as you have loved me. God loves us as, in the same way that he loved Christ. The even as in Jesus' prayer could be taken to mean in the same way that you loved me. In other words, it would read, then the world will know that you have loved them in the same way you have loved me. So, in what way did God love Jesus? Well, he loved him from the beginning of creation and into eternity, an eternal love. He loved him intentionally. There was a plan and a purpose in that love. He loved him sacrificially. He loved Jesus, independent of his suffering. He loved him independent of his situation. He loved him independent of his human display at Gethsemane as he was anxious facing death on the cross. He still loved him. He loved him whether or not he was being tempted by Satan or whether he was being ministered to by angels. And he loved him even when, or especially as, he bore the sins of the world dying on the cross. None of them separated the love of God from his son, who was raised to, to life on resurrection day to eternity thereafter. God loved, therefore, God loves us in that same manner that he loved Christ. He loves us eternally, intentionally, sacrificially, independent of whether we're suffering or independent of our situation, whether we're fearful about tomorrow, whether we're battling sin or the enemy, and whatever life throws at us, and especially when facing death. None of the things above can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Listen and meditate on this, the verses again above, as I read them this time from the New Living Translation. Sorry. And I am convinced 
that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for t- about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What should our response to this be? We can only respond to this truth in one fashion, really. Rejoicing as we praise and give glory to God for his inseparable love to us. Repentance, knowing of our sinfulness and need for him. Reliance on God for continual cleansing and for godly living to, to, to service for God. Our response should be intentional. It should be intercessory as we seek for those who don't know of this eternal love in God, of God for them to reach out to them. And it should be into eternity. We should, be, we should have eternity in mind as we contemplate what those verses mean. For this loving relationship will continue into eternity. If you're not in a loving relationship with God through the forgiveness and access granted through Christ, I urge you to take a moment and reflect on this passage about the love of God in Christ Jesus. And if you feel guided to, just pray and ask Jesus to make this truth clear to you. Take a moment and reflect on it. For us Christians, the question is, are we convinced of God's eternal and inseparable love for us? Are we enamored and even besotted by the love of God through Christ Jesus? Is it our top love? Is it the top of our list? Is it our passion? Let's pray with an open and honest confession and need of him for the unity and display of love that will let the world know of his love in us, knowing, convinced that nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. As the Holy Spirit works in us and we make requests, bring our prayers and make intercession through Christ to the Father. Amen.